It's now time for On the Line with Cheryl Wilkerson. The conversation will range from local dialogue to international. This show is meant to enlighten, inform, and to inspire. On the Line with Cheryl Wilkerson begins now. Hello, welcome to On the Line. I'm your host, Cheryl Wilkerson. So glad you're joining me on a Sunday morning on the line. Tell your friends, listen at 11 o'clock. Look, today's show, mm, you're going to be talking about this for weeks and weeks and weeks. As a matter of fact, you're going to go back and listen to the playback wnsbonline.org when that is posted because today's interview no pressure on my guest today of course but today's interview is just going to be one of those that you're just going to want to hear again and again and again because I think it will help us in our lives daily so we welcome to the program well how should I put this well maybe I should tell you this He was the 1988 CIAA Player of the Year. He was the 1988 NABC Division II All-American. He was 1989 CIAA Player of the Year. He was 1988 Street and Smith All-American. He was three times All-Conference in the CIAA. He played in the NBA. He played with Miami, Dallas, Washington, and Denver. He went into the Virginia Union Hall of Fame. That's a big clue right there in 2009. And went into the CIAA Hall of Fame in 2017. Does anybody know who I'm talking about? Of course you do. We welcome to the program Mr. Terry Davis. How are you today? I'm doing great, Cheryl. Thank you for having me. How does it feel to have accomplished all of that? Oh, it's nothing but God. And I thank God that, um, you know, he blessed me to have the opportunity to be able to do it. The only thing I didn't tell you is that he is a loving father, grandfather, and book author. The name of the book is Second Bet baptism and we'll get into that just a little bit later into the interview so I wanted to talk to you because your life lessons can help so many people the routes you've taken in life can uh, people can look back and say oh I can see yeah that can help me in my daily life you like I said you played in the NBA for 10 years played at Virginia Union University Um, so you've seen a lot of things but let's go back to the beginning where were you born and how did you end up at Virginia Union University? Yeah, well, um, I grew up in a small town, southwest Virginia, um, Halifax County, South Boston, Virginia. Um, grew up on a farm, um, Cheryl, and I always like to mention a farm because, um, you know, it taught me so many life lessons, um, hard work and work ethics and discipline. Um, and it's something that carried me all the way through my life. What were your and, duties um, on the farm? What was my duties? Yeah. Oh, man. What were the chores? We had to, uh, well, I always say we had two sets of clothes. We, we had a set of school clothes, and we had a set of work clothes when we got off that bus. Mm-hmm. Okay? <laughs> and so we're from raising hogs to uh, milking cows to um, one of my um, motivational things that pushed me to want to um, get out of that small town and make it to the NBA was the tobacco field. Um, but pull, pulling that tobacco was some extremely hard work, and it was extra hard for me, Cheryl, because I was, you know, tall and had to get down on the ground and pull that tobacco. Oh, so it was definitely yeah. motivation for me to want to get out of there and do something better with my life. Wow, you said the farm work, that wasn't it, huh? You appreciated it, but that wasn't you. No, nah, well, like I said, it's, it's part of me, and it made me who I am today, you know what I mean, that hard work and, and discipline that uh, granddad and them taught, it it just carried me all the way through life. And 
you went to Virginia Union, but from what I know, you were originally thinking about going to the University of Georgia. Why was that? How did that come about? Yeah, well, I'm, I was highly recruited coming out of high school. Um, could have went anywhere in the country, and I decided I wanted to go to the University of Georgia. Dominique Wilkins had just left there, and, and I just loved Georgia down there. But um, I fell academically short later on, and um, and I had the opportunity to redshirt and stay there, or I had the opportunity to um, go to Virginia Union. Mm-hmm. And I saw what Coach Robbins had done with Charles Oakley his four years there, and seeing Oakley getting drafted um, highly in, in the first round, I felt that um, I could come right in and um, and and <clears throat> and follow his footsteps and and try to take the same path that he took. So Coach Robbins came to your living room, or you contacted him? Um, no, it, well, it was alumnus in our hometown, and Mr. Jimmy Anderson, and and he would take us back and forth all the time during the weekend to see what Junior Union played. So I was familiar with the school, mm-hmm. but Coach Robbins knew he didn't have a chance of uh, recruiting me and getting me there. But um, like I said, at the last minute, um, he came in the back door and. Um, he came down to the hometown, and he sat down um, with me and mom and dad. And, you know, all the coaches from all the big universities, they were telling me that, you know, I could be an All-American there, and I can go straight to the NBA, and I can do this and do that. But Coach Roberts, it was his integrity that he came in there, and he's like, hey, you know, it's Virginia Union, a small university. <laughs> we don't have much to offer, but we can offer you a quality education, which Norfolk State don't have. I and, beg your pardon. Continue, continue <laughs> your basketball career. And I said, okay, that's where I want to be. <laughs> Did you talk just like that? <laughs> that's funny. So that sold you or that sold your parents? Who did that sell? Repeat that again, sir. When he came and he gave his spiel... Who was hooked? Did did that do it for you, or did your par- parents hear that and they say, "Okay, yeah, that's where you're going to go"? Yeah, or- I, I thought it was more my parents. So you know, they was you know really concerned, um, not so much about the basketball side of it, you know, and and that's why I say a lot of parents today, you know, they 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 had enough trust and faith in coach that when they gave them to me, that he was going to take care of me, mm-hmm. and and their only concern was that. I was going to do the right thing, and I was going to behave. And if there was anything different, they wanted Coach to let me know. And and I think that's the difference in a lot of parents today. They just won't allow coaches to be coaches, and they want to baby these kids and put them in daycare. But we, Coach Robin was the old hard knocks, you know, school of discipline. And and I feel that you know if I didn't have the opportunity to play under him, I would have never reached the success that I did. So when you went to Virginia Union that freshman year, was it like walking into another world since you had come from such a small town or since you had been going there? Someone, you said uh, a gentleman had been taking you there. Was it like you were at home or did you have any adjustments that you weren't counting on? Yeah, it was, oh man, it was, um, it was definitely an eye-opener, Cheryl, coming from a small town. And um, being raised by grandma and ma, raised in the church, um, and then having the opportunity for them to steal Christ in my life early on. Mm-hmm. And so when I came to Richmond, to Virginia Union, this city was, you know, totally um, something that I had never seen before. 
And um, just Virginia Union in itself, um, when I got there, it was almost like Sodom and Gomorrah for me because I was seeing the miniskirts and, and seeing all these beautiful girls and going to the parties and, and just shying away from everything that mom and dad, you know, had instilled in me. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, I realized that, uh, once again, that Coach Robbins was there and him being a father figure, um, he just made sure that, you know, I stayed on track and I did the right thing. And, and like I said, I always say Virginia Union is just, you know, the best four years of my life. Virginia Union. So when you went there, were you already perceived as a hot shot basketball player or did you have to prove to your teammates and the city of Richmond that you were all of that? Um. You know, they, you know, they pretty much heard, you know, that I was coming and Charles was leaving out. And, you know, they heard a lot about me. And I, you know, 6'10", coming to, you know, um, Virginia Union and getting a big guy like myself that they knew was highly recruited. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody was excited. But when I got there, um, Coach Robin fooled me um, because, you know, I was expecting to come in and play and everybody thought, you know, I was going to be the man. But, um you know, Coach Robin, he has his own hard knock school. And I thought I was just going to come in and do what I wanted to do as a freshman and just shoot jump shots and <laughs> take the ball between my legs. And don't put no ketchup and mustard on it. Just keep it simple. And and I, you know, just ignore him. And here I go, be sitting on a bench. So my whole freshman year, he wouldn't play me. And, and, and you know, I look back on it today, um, you know, Cheryl, he was – you know, really wanting to make a difference in, in me as a player and as a person. And he just he just figured out that, you know, if he allowed me to do what I wanted to do and just come in there and, and just be lazy and not work hard, he knew that I couldn't achieve the things that he saw, the potential he saw in me that I couldn't see in myself. Okay, you said he fooled you. So you quickly adapted to his way because you knew that was the only way you were going to be on that floor as opposed to riding that pine, right? Yeah, well, when I first got there, you know, did you hear about the Charles Oakley rule? I said, what is the Charles Oakley rule? Well, I left Charles Oakley because Oakley tried me, and I told Oakley, when the bus leaves the parking lot at 12 o'clock, you better be on the bus. Oakley wasn't on the, the bus was there at 12 o'clock. Oakley wasn't there. We left Oakley going down to Norfolk State. The guys on the back of the bus said, Coach, left Oakley. I said, I sure did because Oakley is not bigger than the program. Okay. Do you understand that, Terry Davis? <laughs> and you understood it, right? <laughs> <laughs> Clear as egg. I said, if he do that to a Charles Oakley, such an All-American, you know, I know he would do it to me. And that's why, you know, I admire Coach because 1 through 15 – um, you know, he 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 gave all of them the same respect. It wasn't no prima donna on his team. He wasn't going to favor you because you were a little better than the next guy. Mm-hmm. And what I love about him, he always said, you know, he said the players that he saw a lot of potential, those are players that he rolled real hard. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. And when you graduated from Virginia Union, in your mind. What was your life going to be like the day after you finished with Virginia Union? What was the next day going to be like? What was the rest of your life going to be like? Well, I was looking forward to filling my dream, you know, of playing in the NBA. 
um, I was sad that I was finishing up, you know, my four years at Virginia Union. But, um, you know, I had two kids in college, mm-hmm. uh, Cheryl. So um, I knew I was needing occupation to support these kids, and I was excited about going into the NBA. But um, when draft night came, I didn't get drafted. Right. And, and, um, and it kind of, um, you know, um, Dawn, it kind of, you know, really had me in a down point. And, and, and I went back to Grandma, and Grandma always said, you know, you know, the world might say, you know, a thousand times no, but God has that one yes for you. And and I was always told that you'll be a one in a trillion odds that you would make it. And But I didn't believe in that. Sure, I always believed in myself, and I believed that if I got the opportunity that I would definitely prove them wrong. And and that's what I got the opportunity to go to Miami undrafted mm-hmm. and um, as a free agent. And um, by the grace of God, um, I made the team and was able to fulfill my dream. What are the best lessons you learned from being in the NBA? Um, the best lessons I learned? Mm-hmm. Um, well, it, it, it just goes back to, to Coach Robbins, you know. Um, all the life lessons um, that he taught, um they they became reality in the NBA, you know. Okay. And one of the things he, he always said, he said, son, you know, I'd rather for you to be <clears throat> an hour early than a minute late. And so when I got to the NBA, that's something I did. I was always at practice an hour early, and, and I stayed an hour late, and, and, it, and it won management over. And, and, and I got to um, – um, become friends with a lot of the trainers and a lot of the janitors mm-hmm. in the building. Yep. And, 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 and just by doing that show, the relationship that I developed with the whole organization, I became a fan favorite. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and I, if I don't take anything else from the NBA, um, like I said, for me, it was, it was just a blessing. Um, and it was a promise. I feel that God had over my life. And and if I be obedient, like Grandma said to him, I don't feel it was all my talent that I made it. I feel that um, it was just by the grace of God, and God just wanted to use me um, um, for the kingdom of God like he is today in that NBA, just to be a platform that he can use me to help people to come to Christ. If you're just joining the program, I am speaking to Terry Davis. Yes, he played basketball at Virginia Union University. Yes, he went on to the NBA. But more importantly, he is a family man, and he has written a book. It's entitled The Second Baptism, and it was inspired by Miss Logan. Tell us that story. Who is Miss Logan, and how did she inspire you? Um, Logan's my oldest granddaughter by my daughter. I have two kids, a son and a daughter. And um, Logan is the oldest grandchild. And... Um, She's uh, definitely a part of my heart, just having her first grandchild. But um, she was definitely sent from God, Cheryl. And um, God said that he speaks to the children. And and I hear her so vividly all the time. But it was during the pandemic that um, we was here, and they was they came here to be with me. And, um, and she um, said, Papa, why don't you write a book? And, and it dawned on me, and I really, you know, didn't pay no attention, but she was so persistent on, Papa, you know, why don't you write a book and tell your story and, and you can be an author. And so right there, it kind of, you know, ignited that, you know, I could 
be writing a book and, and, and during this time, I got all the time in the world during the pandemic. Why don't I? Mm-hmm. And so she was very inspirational on me starting that book and writing that book. And, 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 and she's like a little woman. So, you know, pop up. I'm so proud of you for writing the book and you just an author. Now you did it pop up and I'm just so proud of you. Oh my goodness. She sounds adorable. Tell me this before the pandemic, what were you doing? Um, before the pandemic, um, well, five years ago, Cheryl, I um, gave my life to Christ and got baptized and recommitted my life. And um, and at that point, um, I said, you know, I really wanted to start serving and and doing more stuff in the church and, and doing more stuff for Christ. So that's one of the things in my life that I wanted to spend time and focus on mm-hmm. was serving in the church. And that's something I hadn't done. I was going to church every Sunday. I was paying my tithe and, and being faithful, but um, just spending more time in the church and doing God's will. And so... Um, like I said, in my retirement, I, I had the um, five grandkids also um, that I spent a lot of time with. And um, I'm just doing the will of God, so whatever he has for me to do, just like the book. And, and I'm just here for him to get every piece of glory and inch out of my life that he can. So if I understand what you're telling me, you have always been Christ-centered because you grew up that way. But five years ago... When you said you became recommitted, you just became stronger in that faith. No, um, the Holy Spirit came upon me. Okay, and okay. and and the reason why I say that, um, I started getting convicted of all of these things, and I mean, even to the food I was eating, it was like, you know, why are you eating all this junk? Why are you eating all this sugar? Do you want to live longer, or 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 or, or, or this is how you want to live your life? And it started convicting me of the people I was hanging around with, the relationship was, uh, that I was in. So I knew it was something that was strange that was going on in my life. So the Holy Spirit was convicting me, <clears throat> and Christ was pretty much saying to me, Now, Terry, I want you to be like Beyonce, okay? I want you to put a ring on this thing. I don't want you to keep courting me and dating me, okay? I really want to have an intimate relationship with you. Mm -hmm. And in that intimate relationship, Terry, I'm going to show you some things that your eyes haven't seen and your ears haven't heard. And, oh, my gosh, since that baptism, there have been some amazing things that God has shown me and I have seen that I would have never seen if I didn't decide to commit my life like I have to him today. I get so mad because this 30 minutes goes by so fast and I have so many questions in my head. So earlier you were referencing parents today. What is going on with parents today that if you could change, you would change in a New York second when it comes to their children and being on these sports team, any kind of team, it could be gymnastics, whatever. What are you saying? Well, I, I, I would just say make it mandatory, first of all, that they go to church and they have a relationship with Christ. And and secondly, you know, just teach them love. You know what I mean? I just I feel that's something that's not in the world today. And and so many people, not even kids, everything is just driven off emotions and mm-hmm. people just react off the emotion. But if they would think and, and they would show love, you know, they wouldn't be in a lot of the situations they're in. And you won't hear so many, you know, sad stories on the news. And so, you know, I I just go back to, you know, you train up a child in the way it should go, and it just won't turn from those ways once they get older. But we have the parents that a lot of times are the problem out here. 
the children are following what they see from the parents in many instances. So if you have the parents in the stands yelling at the coach, yelling at the referees, I mean, is that not a problem? Yeah, well, my grandmother wasn't in the club, you know what I mean? They was in the church, <laughs> and that's what I saw. Like you said, that's a role model, you know what I mean? My grandmother and mom wasn't trying to be my friend, you know what I mean? They mm-hmm. was trying to be a mother and make sure that, you know what I mean, I, I was corrected and, and, and I was able to deal and cope, you know, with the real world. And, you know, when the real world jumped on you and, and someone, you know, the boss or the coach said something to you, you weren't going to react in a negative way and rebel against it. Right. Okay. So uh, imagine that you get a phone call this afternoon. You get two phone calls this afternoon. One phone call is from Jalen Hurts. And I know yesterday you heard how he got a five-year, $255 million extension with the Philadelphia Eagles to be their uh, quarterback. No trade clause put together by a young black woman. I know you heard about that. What advice would you have for him? I know it's a different sport, but what advice would you have for a young Jalen Hurts? Cash at me, though. Look out for the poor boy down here in Virginia. Um, yeah, my advice, uh, Sarah, would be, you know, him understanding that it's not his and that you know, everything that's given to us is from God. And, and God expected him to be, excuse me, be a good steward of what God has given to him. Mm-hmm. And I just feel, you know, that's part of God's premises for us. It's for us, <clears throat> when he bless us, it's for us to be a blessing. And so, you know, my prayers is that Jalen, uh, <clears throat> um, you know, use that for the glory of God. And the second phone call is going to come from Lamar Jackson. As you know, he is another football player embroiled in uh, negotiations with his team, the Ravens. And many people are sitting back criticizing, oh, he doesn't have a real agent and his mother's doing it. And, you know, he's done this, that and the other for Baltimore. But it seems like those negotiations are dragging on. Some people are saying, well, what's the problem? Why don't you sign him? He's proven himself. What would you say to him, Terry Davis, if you could just have him in the room for five minutes? What advice would you give him? Well, you know, I would, you know, definitely tell him to do what's best for him and his family. And, um, you know, don't settle, um, you know, because he knows his market value. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I I like the fact that, uh, you know, Jalen Hurst got what he got. And, um, you know, it kind of, you know... Um, put him, you know, right there in that market. And so um, he knows his value. And um, and I would tell him, you know, you know, hey, wait it out. You know what I mean? It's nothing that, um, you know, he, you know, he have to jump into and, and, and settle for. So I would just tell him, you know, do what's best for you and your family, man, and be where, you know, you know you're going to be happy and you're going to, you know, enjoy with Enjoy being when you're being, and don't do it just for the money. <clears throat> just don't do it for the money. So the book is entitled Second Baptism. It's written by Mr. Ter- Terry Davis. He's my guest today on the line. Yes, came out of Virginia Union University. We won't hold that against him. But now, if somebody asks you today, Terry Davis, what is your job? What is your answer? <clears throat> my job is a disciple. Um, and I'm, I wake up every day to do the will of God. 
and um, and allow God to use me um, however he's willing to use me. And my job is just to be in the will of God. And, you know, um, if you read the book, um, one of my mom's favorite verses, which she always left for me, was Proverbs 3, 5, 6. And that's trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not to your own understanding and all his ways, all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your path. And so that's what he's doing in my life. Uh, um, Cheryl, I'm just, you know, um, trusting God with all my heart and I'm not leaning to things that I don't understand and I acknowledge him. And, and when I look back over my life, I can see, you know, he has ordered my steps every, every step of the way. Are you still involved with Virginia Union basketball? Yeah, Virginia Union is in my blood. Mm-hmm. Uh, come on, I'm, that's, that's, that's for life. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, after I retired, that's one of the things I did. I went back um, and went to get back to the university with Coach Robbins and get them back on the national level. I don't know if Norfolk State knows anything about that. But, oh, Norfolk State uh, knows. NCAA, <laughs> check us out, okay? But uh, <laughs> we, we have a, a couple of national championships, and so we wanted to get back on the national level. And so mm-hmm. I came back in 2005 and worked with the team, and um, and we won back-to-back uh, CIAA championships, and we won a national championship in 2005 as assistant coach. And so I was extremely excited and proud to be able to be a part of that and um, and like I said, get back to the university. Um, and, you know, one of the things Coach Robbins say that, you know, I don't ever speak on because Grandma told me you don't, you know, show the left hand from the right. But mm-hmm. every year Charles Oakley started that him and Coach Robbins, they gave back. Um, Coach Robbins started with Charles to give back a scholarship every year while you're in the NBA. And so then Coach Robbins um, – passed the torch down to me to start doing it oh. and then passed it down to Ben Wallace to start doing it. Mm-hmm. And so that's something I'm, I'm always proud that I was able to do for the university. And once again, just being a steward of God and being able to, you know, give a scholarship to help some other young person come up the ladder. The love for your grandchildren comes through loud and clear whenever you speak of them. So when you're with them, are you the grandfather that just you get to break all the rules with me because I'm granddad and then send them back to mom and dad? Or are you the granddad where I'm doing I'm going to teach you the rules that I was taught? Yeah, I'm I'm the granddad that, um, you know, my mom and uh, grand grandparents, both of my grandparents had 13 kids apiece. Mm-hmm. And so my mom and dad had 13 brothers and sisters on both sides. And and one thing I saw every time I went to grandma's house, it was a lot of love in the house and, and, and always food on the table, always had three square meals. We always went to church. And, and so kind of like you said, Cheryl, you know, I try to instill in the grandkids, you know, make up your bed. You know what I mean? Don't, mm-hmm. you don't leave the room without making up your bed because like we just talked about, I know these little things in life is what's going to carry them throughout life. And so, you know, at 15, 16, I won't have to tell her to make up the bed. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Right. It'll just be second nature and a habit for her. And so, yeah, I want to do the same thing Grandma did to me. I don't think, you know, their legacy and their rules and, and their hard knocks and their ways 
um, never changes. You know what I mean? I, and, and and the love and and just having the love for people and love for God. And that's what I want to still, you know, in the grandkids, just like my kids. I don't care how much money you care. I don't care what title you have. But you know, as long as you're a good citizen and you're loving people, and people love you. It sounds as though the principles instilled in you by your elders is what got you as far as you did and it's got your son as far as he went, right? Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, like I said, you know, and those principles principles are just basically, Cheryl, just serving God and being thankful. You know what I mean? Just being thankful for everything that God has done, being thankful for your parents, being thankful that they're able to put clothes on your back, being thankful they're able to put food on your table, and just being grateful, yes. you know what I mean, in life. And, yeah. and and that's what I was always taught, you know what I mean? For every little thing that's given and every little thing that, you know what I mean, you have the opportunity to do, just be grateful and thankful for it. Well, we have about 30 seconds. I'm thankful you joined us today. Can you tell people, please, how they can get your book? Yes. Uh, you can go on Amazon and um, just look up Terry Davis' Second Baptism. And on social media? How can they get to you? Or can they get to you on social media? Yeah, I'm on Facebook. Okay. That's uh, about it. That's it. That's enough. Terry Davis, thank you for being my guest today. You know I really appreciate it, right? Yeah, thank you so much, sir. Even though it's bad blood, we'll do it for, <laughs> for the HBCU. And I need to thank Kevin, my friend that uh, connected us, because he, he thinks so highly of you, and he's the one that made this connection. So thank you, Kevin. All right. Oh, well, thanks, Kevin. Yep. Thank everybody who listened today. Look, you all have a great rest of the Sunday. Cheryl Wilkerson signing off. Check you out next week. Behold the green and gold.